what the hell are you doing? I might ask you the same question. Who are you? What? Get your clothes on. Will you leave immediately, please? What? You're in the wrong flat. This flat belongs to Patrick Balfour. He's in Hong Kong and he lent me the key. Now get out. We leased it from the agents last weekend. Yes, well, obviously that uh, changes things a bit. Um... Three Films on a Podcast has no claim of ownership on any film footage used in this episode. All film footage is owned in its entirety by the copyright holders and is used solely with the intent of film criticism, commentary, and education under fair use law. And just like every car in Too Fast, Too Furious, this podcast contains spoilers. Enjoy! everyone and welcome back to three films and a podcast the show where three friends challenge each other to broaden their cinematic horizons through a series of themed rounds my name is tyler beck coming to you from portland oregon and i'm joined as always by ben lawhorn in salt lake city utah hello i should have worked on my <laughs> italian or my russian something that would have been a better intro than just hello but really Really appreciated Bonjour. that. And it would have helped fill in for the fact that Matt, unfortunately, isn't joining us because he always has the best hello. He really let does. Introduce him. Um, well, for those of you new to the show, let me be the first to welcome you to our little movie club. Uh, this began as a little three person club between Ben, Matt, and I, uh, where we would uh, have a little group chat after watching movies. And uh, it's evolved into a little community of movie lovers, and we are certainly happy that you are here. Uh, while we're at it, please do us a favor, and uh, why don't you tell your friends about us? Tell them how they can find us, whether it's uh, Spotify or YouTube or wherever else people find podcasts. We'd be forever grateful for your help and help uh, spreading the word. Oh, and don't forget to check out our shop at threefilmspod.com for some cool merch and uh, information how you can be an invested supporter through our Patreon support options. Okay, with all that housekeeping out of the way, and without any further ado, <laughs> uh, I'd say we should just jump right into this week's episode. Let's do it. Uh, we'll be discussing the 1988 comedy crime film, A Fish Called Wanda, starring Jamie Lee Curtis, John Keese, John Cleese, <laughs> and Kevin John's Klein. John <laughs> Uh, John brought his keys to the movie. Um, <laughs> but before we go any further, I think we should take a moment and introduce our very special guest, Anna, from the Professional Films Podcast. So close. close. So, so close. close. I wish what I was I a say? professional friend. I'm professional films, uh, but I am yeah. professional friends. Um, that's right. That's right. But, uh, you know, it would be more fitting if I came from another film <laughs> podcast. This is, no, it's perfect. Uh, no, this is better. This no, is better. Yeah. It gives um, me a chance to screw up and if people can make fun of me. This is a crossover professional fun. films and a podcast. This is good. <laughs> this works go. out. So I uh, do. Yeah. Tell us where you can find us. I'll find you guys. I can find you on <laughs> Spotify. <laughs> and I obviously on need more. This Miller but you can find my podcast, the less successful than professional <laughs> films podcast, professional <laughs> friends. Uh, on Spotify, on all the platforms you can possibly find us. Um, yeah, we're just a roundtable uh, chat podcast. That's uh, three of my incredibly good friends. Um, they're all comedians. Um, you know, we're kind of like friends, but like less 
you know, racist and less successful. Um, <laughs> and we all live in New York. So we're definitely talking about uh, trying to stay in New York because the rent is pretty high. And yeah, um, yeah. all the the taxing moments in life, like love and friendship and jobs <laughs> you hate. Um, all the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and awkward massages, just everything. It just comes up naturally, you know? Yeah, I got one in Queens. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we stay pretty local to New York because we all live there. <laughs> have you guys known each other for a while? Like, how long have you guys all been friends? Uh, so there is three more of me. There's Carolina Hidalgo, um, Calvin Cato, and Java Vakwa. I met John much earlier in my 20s, like doing extra work. And then uh, Carolina, I would meet later. and She was a comedian. And then Calvin's another comedian. Um, and um, I think about three years ago, we started our podcast. Nice. Um, yeah. So all of us knew each other, but it wasn't really until we, well, like all, all of us had each alone connections. Mm -hmm. And then until we, started the podcast we became a little hub of uh you know misery and uh, commisery <laughs> that's awesome yeah that's uh pretty similar to how we started ben and i have been friends for a long time and we had our little two-person movie club and then he introduced me to matt who again couldn't make it couldn't make it yeah he's he's no longer with us Matt's he's no longer a friend <laughs> r.i.p <Yeah>. matt <laughs> I tease Matt is sometimes dead. Sometimes he's my nemesis. Depends on my mood for that day. Sometimes he's my best friend. You never know. With the theme of getting to know each other in mind. And as we've mentioned, we like to think of our podcast as a little movie club and being a guest on our show means you are now officially a member of that club. So congratulations. Oh, I made it. <laughs> you made did it. You. <laughs> um, and as you may or may not know, we do this with all of our guests. We have a, some questions we like to ask in order to get to know you a little bit better. And, okay. Uh, understand your tastes and movies and kind of where you're coming from during this discussion. So uh, with that in mind, I think we'll just jump right in and I'll start with mine. Um, I always talk I always uh, like to ask people their favorite experiences watching movies, whether it's uh, just a fun experience at a theater, a premiere, just a funny moment or uh, a, a moment with friends or family, just anything like that. Uh, at, like, for instance, one of my favorite moments is watching Lord of the Rings in the theaters for the first time and just like, you know, the vibe and excitement in the theater on opening day. So, um, yeah, we, we know movie theaters are opening up again and we can actually get in and start being humans again. So yeah, uh, yeah let's hear about some of uh, the more human moments from your movie <clears throat> life. My movie life. Uh, yeah. I guess I worked in a movie theater. Um, okay. So that was pretty painful. Um, <laughs> what did you do there? Uh, concessions. Um, I don't know. Ticket taking. I don't think that anybody is like, really like uh an expert at anything that no, they do at no, a movie theater. At um it's pretty shared uh <laughs> labor that we all have together. Mm -hmm. Um I would say that uh the worst thing that happened to me, even though they were like you gotta get these special non-slip shoes, didn't matter because any shoe really could 
it didn't matter. Like, I didn't know yeah. why I had to spend $50 on these non-slip shoes. I wasn't <laughs> becoming a cook, but, um, that butter does not, not care what attitude. shoes you're wearing. That butter absolutely, <laughs> like yeah. a, is a nightmare. <laughs> you know, everybody's trying to see, trying to think of like what movies were around when I was working at Cinemagic and we were called Cinemagicians. Um, <laughs> Ooh, that's nice. beautiful. Yeah. I, I, this was my first job in New Hampshire. Um, at some point I took a real dive um, just because we were trying to clean out because every night you're supposed to clean out that butter. It's the worst um, <laughs> recipe for a lawsuit um, that I could have had on Cinemagic, <laughs> yeah. I think. Um, yeah, that was, that was a rough job because then you're like, you're like, is this glamorous? Is this fun? I get to see movies. Um, yeah. I think Pride and Prejudice with Kira Knightley was oh. in theaters when okay. I was. Um, but ultimately, you're like, I still have to clean the toilet. So you're like, <laughs> for whatever reason, you think like, you're like, it's going to be great. I'm going to be like in a Kevin Smith movie. Like, if I'm yeah. doing this. Um, no, you just end up dealing with assholes like me. Ben worked at the movie theater that I used to sneak into in high school. So I don't know if he worked there when I did, but our paths crossed early, I think. Just deal with people like me. <laughs> that's all you gotta do. But I mean, like, <laughs> Ben, didn't you feel like friends were like, oh, that's cool. You work at the movie theater? Yeah, like it wow. felt like glamorous. And I felt lucky because I was specifically just the box office. So I was just in the front selling tickets. Mm. Wow, how my, cushy for you. Yeah, oh, so yeah, yeah, we never crossed paths. We never crossed paths, but um, <laughs> my girlfriend at the time who I was dating got stuck in concessions, so inevitably I would have to help clean up anyway. It's just like that butter, it just like haunts me. Like I still get it now. It's it, Enough time has passed, you know, but at the time no, it's but like, I this mean, is like, horrible. I feel like every person that's worked in a movie theater is always the person that's like, stop in the middle and you can butter it and then you can fill it up and you like know that you're like uh maybe you worked at a movie theater i worked at a blockbuster way way more cushy yeah yeah we i had a i worked at hollywood video so we were the the not cool version of blockbuster but yeah, well no you were the one that had pornography so that would probably make you the say, cooler like, version I, I never had Hollywood video and everyone else did. I always felt like it was like all my friends had Sega and I had Nintendo and I was always jealous because it <laughs> felt like those were the cool versions of what I had. <laughs> my, my memories of like going to the movies when I worked there, it sounds horrible and it was horrible, but I saw in theaters eight times. I watched the green mile and I think it moves like three <laughs> hours. I think I spent an entire day of my life watching the green mile. <laughs> I don't, I, don't wow. even, I don't know why yeah, I was like, that was free. Right I can there. get in. I remember seeing like that Schwarzenegger You're movie like, end of days. Uplifting. Yeah, this is fine. It's like, it's coffee, like the drink, but spelled different. It's the only thing I remember from the movie. That's <laughs> 24 hours of seeing it. But yeah, for some reason, that's what I chose to do with my free access to movies. Go see that Tom Man, Hanks one again. We all have choices in life. Yeah. You've made yours. <laughs> <laughs> um, my question I like to ask uh, is if you are, you know, on a desert island here, you've got a, a TV and some way to watch the whole filmography of somebody. I'm curious who you would choose, if any actor, any director, like, yeah, who would you take with you, their entire filmography, and, and why would you take them? Okay, so I could take an actor or a director? Yeah, you can take the filmography from or any actor, any director. If they're still alive now, you'll get sent the stuff that they're going to make in the future. Um, we're going to send that to you, but we're not going to send any help. We're just going to send you new <laughs> movies to watch. But uh, yeah, any one person, you get everything they've ever done. 
would I do? I, mm, 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 I, ah, I guess I would do. I don't know if I'm going like actor route. I might just like always say Betty Davis. Like I could live off all oh. of those movies. Okay. Okay. I like that. Um, we know you. We've seen you like this before. Is it over or is it just beginning? Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. If I'm going direct around, I maybe like Steve Martin. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Um, something feel good if I'm on an island alone, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm like, who else? And then like, I could go like real, like slice the lifey depressing and be like, oh, I just want to be alone with a Noah Bombard movie. Mm-hmm. That'd be good too. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it gets marriage story in there. Yeah. You could take Adam Driver with you. I would stories, whatever. So we're very squid in the whale, man. Here. Yeah, squid in the whale's great. All that work I did at the end of our marriage, making dinners, cleaning up, being more attentive, it never was going to make a difference. You never made a dinner. I made burgers the time you had pneumonia. <laughs> yeah, we're very pro Bombeck. So, yeah, all those choices would be awesome. Very different yeah. experiences, without a doubt, but all of them super solid. I like that. Thank I you. I love Thank that you. question. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You did well. Good job. We're proud yeah. of you. <laughs> so you've seen movies. Great. Great. <laughs> good job. That's a good thing. We good thing we brought you on. Um, now it's always a fun one because I, I think we get a different answer every time. Like no matter what, everyone has a different answer, which makes a lot of sense. But you start to think like there's only so many answers you could possibly give, but people keep finding new ones. Yeah. So I'm into it. Um, well, I'm going to go ahead and take Matt's place, which is uh, he has literally large shoes to fill, especially <laughs> in com- comparison to mine. Um, but he always likes to ask, uh, what would be your unsung gem? What's a movie that you love that you don't think gets enough recognition? Uh, Peggy Sue got married. OK, that's a perfect answer. I've never even heard of it. Oh, whoa. I didn't I didn't mean to be so underground. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's perfect. Um, so it's. Kathleen Turner. Um, oh, wow. <clears throat> also, that really cute woman that was in um, Jodie Foster's Freaky Friday that played the mom that kind of looks like an Annabelle Lee doll. Um, let's oh, see. Joan Allen. Joan Allen. Like uh, Jim Carrey's in it too. Nick Cage. Wow. Um, wow. I think he might have got a nomination for it. Um, yeah, it's really enjoyable. It's. Um, a movie where Kathleen Turner is reevaluating her life and she is invited to go to her 20 year reunion. And she thinks it would be fun if she wore her uh, prom dress from like the fifties or the sixties. And everybody's (laughs) like, Oh, Peggy Sue, you're so that way. You're so crazy that way that you would do this. And then she like hits herself. I don't know. Something happens where she goes unconscious and then she travels back in time to like the late fifties or early sixties and is still, it's a very our town. Like if you know that play, mm-hmm. but it's a very, um, she's still her age, but she is herself as like a 17 year old who was able to go back in time and kind of decide if she's going to make the choice in her life to marry 
her husband that is Nick Cage. Um, nice. And it doesn't work out well uh, between her and Nick Cage, which we know in the beginning of the movie. But it's about her like reexamining her life again through uh, the eyes of already being like um, a mother to her children and a, a wife to Nick Cage and like seeing like, should I do this? Like, should I do this again? It's very enjoyable. It's kind of, it's like, a, uh, I don't know. It's, it's witty and fun and, and sentimental. Yeah. It's a good one. Well, it's, a good cool. one. it's worth watching. Yeah. Francis Ford Coppola. I was yeah. going to say, I mean, that made, I didn't realize he directed that, but it makes sense now why Nick Cage and Sophia Coppola show up in there. Yeah. Like, let's get the Coppola mm-hmm. trifecta going. That's great. And I need more early, early Jim Carrey in my life. Yeah. So I got to see what that looks like. That's awesome. Interesting. Well, once again, so <laughs> you're I, like, great one, Anna. We don't, we never saw it. No, well, I think it's great. <laughs> no, that's I'm exactly sick. why we asked that question. And like, I, I, I need to find a new question. I like yours and Matt's so much better than mine. <laughs> I love no, your don't shit on I, your questions. No, I it's can shit on questions. <laughs> no, I just, just I just don't... love the answers we get out of, uh, you know, the desert Island and the, uh, the unsung gem one, which in the theme of unsung gems, that's actually the round that we've just entered. So we just got through our director's rounds. We did uh, Hitchcock, Kubrick, and then uh, Spielberg, which was super fun. And uh, but then Ben wanted to switch it up and go back to. Did we already do an official unsung gem round on the podcast? Yeah, we, that's when we did uh, the killing, mixed nuts. Okay, and that's right. What was the one that you picked? It was. Oh my god, mixed nuts. Was, yeah, that was that was super fun. That Matt's was the first be one. So sad he's not here. <laughs> that was the first one for Tyler and I, and we had fun with that one. Yeah. What was yours? What Matt was your band? Yo, I was. Oh, mine was a uh, um, rules of attraction. Uh, rules of attraction. Fuck, yeah. that was something else. Yeah, it sure was. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, we've entered back into another unsung gem round, uh, and I always look forward to these ones. I, I'm really looking forward to. The, the movie that you picked, Ben, Animal Kingdom. Um, and then we've got A Fish Called Wanda. And what did Matt pick? Sing Street. Sing Street. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I don't know that. It's a pretty fun. It's like a, I think it takes place like early 80s in Ireland. And they're like starting. He wants to, the, the main character wants to impress a girl. So he starts a band and like starts dressing like, like Robert Smith and stuff like that. And just like, I don't know. It's, it's pretty cool. Like, He's got the older brother that's like showing him music and all that kind of stuff. So oh, this is like newer, right? Yeah, yeah, probably like within the last yeah, five yeah, years. Okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, it was it was a good. I, I like that movie. I'm excited to watch that nice. again. Yeah, I'm excited too. I I always have trouble on the young unsung gems because I don't really like for whatever reason my 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 recall and my memory doesn't quite work that way. So I actually had to lean on my grandpa and. uh people that have listened to this podcast know how much he means to me, both, you know, just in life and as far as like influence in movies and movie taste. And uh, I was having a conversation about um, the meaning of life after we watched that. And I mentioned Mm. how much I liked John Cleese and he kind of lit up and he's like, Oh, if you, have you seen a fish called Wanda? And I said, no. And he started talking about it and it, (laughs) it basically became like, He's like, it's just like a must watch. If you like John Cleese, you've got to watch a fish called Wanda. And so I figured, you know, I've never really, I've heard of it, but like not really, you know, 
watched other it. Than, yeah, yeah. <laughs> other than like the name, I didn't know anything about it, right? But I'd heard the name. And so I figured, well, this is probably an unsung gem. I trust my grandfather, at least for my tastes. So I figured uh, it was a pretty decent nomination. And uh, turns out, as always, the old bombster was right. <laughs> he was right. Didn't lead you astray. <laughs> I, I had a blast with this one. Um, Anna, why don't you give us a little brief synopsis of the movie and uh, tell us your personal experience, you know, maybe the first time you saw it or whatever, and uh, just your overall impression of the movie. Um, so I probably saw that, like, so basically I love Kevin Klein so much. I would marry Kevin Klein. Um, <laughs> Me too, as it turns out. <laughs> um, so I remember seeing it. Um, but I hadn't revisited it until now. I guess if I was going to do my little pitch about it, I would say it's basically an episode of Frasier, but everybody is jewel thieves. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. I like, that a lot. I like that a lot. Yeah. You know, cause it's like so theatrical, which I yeah. love. And everybody's like allowed to like live in this heightened world, um, which is very fun. Um, but also I think Kevin Klein, like in at this point in his career, was he sort of where was Kevin Klein in his career right now? Do he you guys know? He wasn't doing too much. I so this is actually, and we'll talk about this. This is my first I don't want to jump exposure to Kevin Klein. What? No, that's fine. I'd heard of him before. Uh I knew his name, but I just wasn't I didn't know what I'd seen him in. You know, and it, so this is the mm. first time I'd watched him when I knew who it was. Um, and I looked up his IMDB and, you know, he was in like the big chill and Sophie's choice, but this was one of his earlier roles. So this is, uh, and you know, he, he got some acclaim from it, which we'll also talk about. So yeah, this was pretty early yeah. on for Mr. Klein. Yeah. I think I just <laughs> knew about him from, I've never seen Sophie's choice, but I knew about him from the big chill and as the, uh, uncredited professor in orange County at the end, oh, that's, that's right. like, I think it's my biggest tie to Kevin Klein. It's like, Oh yeah, that's the guy wow. from at the end of orange County. Totally yeah. Oh my goodness. That. I love Kevin Glenn so much. Like I, cause he was in Pirates of Penzance, which oh. uh, a lot of, I don't know, uh, incredibly repressed girls will really resonate <laughs> with or incredibly repressed men will really sure. resonate with, but it's like a Gilbert and Sullivan, like pirate, you know, yeah. opera. Um, and it's just Kevin Klein and incredibly tight, tight, shorts you know so, like and he's a pirate king the pirate um, king <laughs> yeah even as a song it's like i am i am i am a pirate king i shall live and die a pirate king <laughs> but yeah kevin klein um is a very specific actor i think like mm -hmm. he you know is full of a bunch of classical training which makes him uh, the perfect choice for this because otherwise I think in another actor's hand it would have been like smarmy and like mm -hmm. it's a little smarmy but like it sure. would have just been uh, it wouldn't Not have gotten an, an Oscar no, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah for sure probably wouldn't have he been as great fun for this. to watch yeah this is my first watch um, and I had a great time with it like similarly to your grandpa my dad had suggested this to me <laughs> Um, oh, only dads to, love this movie. They really do. Yeah, they, but the thing that I love the most is I. Like, Amy Lee Curtis, come on. I mean, she was awesome. She was so she. I thought she was great in this, like having to play all the different guys. Like she was yeah. fantastic. 
And uh, talking to my dad about it, like he was initially the first person I invited on to come talk about this. And after suggesting it to me, it came out. I was like, oh, I've actually never seen it. I've just heard it's really good. It's like, what? Like, well, uh, We picked that movie partly because you like told us to watch it. So, um, but yeah, I mean, he also wasn't wrong. Just going in blind. He's like, yeah, you should watch this. And yeah, you're right. But uh, I had a great time. Like, I know we're getting into, you know, who, who won what and everything, but this was super funny um it was i think you could see the monty python in it a little bit you know sure. at least writing it and having michael palin in there as well um so yeah I, I don't know i had a blast with it i sometimes going into the older comedies i guess i won't worry or wonder like how much of it will still hold up you know because oh yeah. yeah if some of it is like time specific and obviously there's some like troublesome stuff in here but overall yeah. like i feel like the comedy it, it was it was good comedy where it's just like it transcended everything you know, the physical humor all that kind of stuff so i i had a blast with it I, this i'm glad we watched this yeah same and i think my favorite part about this movie and we kind of touched on it but you know we've already mentioned how good kevin klein did in the movie how good jimmy lee curtis did obviously uh john cleese was incredible uh but i just loved how much everyone was just absolutely bringing it in their performance yeah. like at the very least, like the the three top build actors were just throwing fastballs the whole movie. And I mean, Michael Palin, I mean, his character with the stutter, I suppose he was playing it as well as he could, but it was a little tough at times. But, you know, it's, yeah, it is what it is. But for at least the top three actors, they were just really bringing it. And I'd be really hard pressed to pick a winner of the movie. But I would say gonna- Jamie Lee Curtis, but all right. Well, yeah. So tell us who, who do you, who, who won? You think Jamie Lee won? I think Jamie Lee Curtis. Like, I I don't know. Like, I just feel like she was the, she was the main character of the movie Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. Um, And just the way that she played all the guys. I mean, like, of course, Kevin Klein was so specific and like, also like had a bunch of catchphrases. Like who doesn't enjoy a character with catchphrases? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Disappointed. Um, but Jamie Lee Curtis, I just thought was, I don't know, like effortless. She's great. Yeah, she was able to transform between whoever she was with. You know, like even at the beginning, where it's like brother, it's like, wait, was that her brother? You know, and then like you know, Michael Palin's character. And then I forget the, the, the rich dude's name. Um, was it George oh. or whatever? Yeah. George. Yeah. She was just like able to play like essentially four guys and it. I believed all of them. Like, yeah, this is great. I have going into it. No idea who she would end up with or if she would, maybe she yeah. would just play them all and just like head out of there, which I think she right. easily would have done. <laughs> like if she was on that plane sitting by herself, I'm like, yep, that makes sense. She was yeah. just like going on. Well, her own. She was trying to do that with Otto, like wicked early on mm-hmm. because there's like, Oh, I don't know if I'm jumping. No, 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 you're good. But like that moment where they think that they've opened the safe where they'll see the diamonds. Yes. And she already like has a rail about to fucking take them out. <laughs> She's ready. Yeah. <laughs> And she, I was like, I don't blame her. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, she just has, Jamie Lee Curtis has that very specific, like just incredible charisma on screen. Mm-hmm. Like her energy, like she can have so much energy and like, uh, like light lightness and brightness to her that you would, it would, you would think it would be overpowering and too much, but 
the way that she can keep it from being overwhelming and somehow keep it from, you know, taking over the whole movie. She's, she's a pretty incredible talent and it's, it, it would be hard not to say she won the movie. And that, that's why I wanted to talk about this because I think we could all, and probably will all give different answers and yeah. we can make a compelling argument one way or the other. Well, I mean, to, to go on with that, like Jamie Lee Curtis, like being able to like work with all the guys and make it believable. I mean, during the John Cleese stuff, I know we established that like his marriage isn't great. So we, you know, they, they let us know like, Oh, things aren't good. So when he, you know, cheats on her and stuff like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But the way Jamie Lee Curtis plays him and stuff, I'm like, yeah, I'd probably fall for that too. Like she's yeah. like super attractive and just like very charming. Like, yeah, that's, I get it. I understand. Um, and she knows just what, what strings to play to make him say right yeah. what is she like a paralegal like intern is her way <laughs> yeah, in with um yeah. she appeals to his ego and how no one pays attention to him and all that stuff like she knew just how to play yeah my favorite thing that she does is like at some point where he's i don't know like saying like oh like i did this in this case and she's like that's great and then he says like or what you speak french too and then she says, oh, and, you know, friend. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, and it was so good because you're like, oh, she got him. That was yep. so good. Yeah, so good. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, I put down for my winner, um, John Cleese. Like, I don't think any answer is wrong, but, yeah, you know, as the, the writer of the screenplay of this, like, I think coming off of obviously the Monty Python TV shows and of the movies that we had had up to that point. I think meaning of life was the one just before this. Um, I just think he, he transitioned really well to a quote unquote American movie. Like I obviously I'm not like super well versed in John Cleese, but looking through his IMDb, this felt like the first big release that wasn't behind the Monty Python name that he had written. I was like this, I mean, he got a, he got nomination for screenplay, which I thought was awesome. Obviously losing, they lost to rain man. So like, what are you going to do? You know, fair. Against that's not fair. Cruise. Like if it's like, all right. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. What are you going to do in that point? I but... tell you that the actual rain man came to my elementary school when I was in like fifth grade or sixth grade. I met him once at media play, actually, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whatever his name was. I forget his name. Yeah. But... How do you guys doing... have so many interactions with the actual rain man? He like was doing some <laughs> speaking tour and he yeah. came to our school and like, he like had all these different challenges you could give him. Like you could ask him a name and he would give you their address out of the phone book or like crazy shit like that. And he could like do all these crazy calculations. He was like, he was doing rain man, like shit, man. <laughs> like these guys it for was, real. <laughs> it was pretty bananas. Yeah. The actual, the actual rain man. I can't remember what grade it was, but it was a really weird. <laughs> yeah. Weird I think he was like signing books or something at media play. He must have a book. I don't know. He was doing something yeah. there. He's behind a desk. So Oh, and the thing he could count the jelly beans or whatever really quickly. Nice. Like, uh, it was weird. Anyways, that's <laughs> nice. Strange nice the derail, jelly bean but... counter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna call him in, you know, when I need a ringer here. You try um, to win the the potluck at, at work. <laughs> yeah, or exactly. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So I mean, John Cleese just for me kind of kind of took it, you know, with the behind the scenes role and um, the acting, and I guess they were the the producers were worried about the age of the director because he was like in his late 70s yeah. and hadn't directed for over 20 years and Cleese just like put his name on it just so they would like like fund the movie but just had the actual guy direct I'm like well that's kind of a cool move too it's like yeah you know it'll go on me or whatever if this doesn't work out but um 
yeah, I don't know. I thought he was great, but again, honestly, you could throw a dart at any of these like top bills. And it's like, yeah, they, they were the best part of this thing. Yeah. When I came up with this question, when I was thinking about this conversation, I honestly have a really hard time choosing because I love all of them. But for me, I think I have to go with Kevin Klein because like I had admitted earlier, I'm pretty unaware of Mr. Klein up until this point in my life. And so for me to match the theme of the round, he's the true unsung gem in my opinion, just because uh, I have didn't know much about him. And, you know, he literally won an Oscar for this role, which yeah. I didn't know until doing my research after the movie. Um, and I just had so much fun seeing him and, and, you know, when you don't, when you don't have any expectation for a person or their performance, and then they completely blow you away like that, it, you know, it sticks with you. But at the same time, I think John Cleese probably had some of my favorite individual moments or it was involved in some of my favorite individual moments mm-hmm. besides one uh, in the movie. And so, you know, with that in mind, what uh, was some of your favorite moments or maybe lines or scenes from this movie? Uh, we'll start with you, Anna. All right. Um, <clears throat> I would say uh, I, I think I really enjoyed, yeah, John Cleese and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis the most. Yeah. Like I was like, shipping them wanted it to happen for sure um i really appreciated the scene where they're in his friends like beautiful like loft situation and he's like yeah my buddy's in hong kong so i got it and then um they're about to get sexy and he's like i know i know italian but i also know uh, Russian, and which is equally <laughs> as like turned on by that. I think yeah. more so. And then he's like kind of doing this like little like son like little like spin, um, <laughs> and he's getting undressed, and then the whole family that is also <laughs> obviously like the timeshare has started, and this whole family is gonna go into this, um apartment mm-hmm. and pretty badass apartment too yeah, yeah. he's just Incredible. naked standing there and the whole family's there and then he covers <laughs> covers his little uh parts with uh a picture of the wife who's oh, like <laughs> and then they have to have a, this exchange where he's like what are you doing here and they're like um well we're supposed to be here because like yeah but but now we're here. We already know about the guy from Hong Kong. He's back. And he said that we could have the apartment. <laughs> and he was like, well, that changes everything. Um, and, and then they're kind of like, Oh, we know your, we know your family. How are you doing? And then he has to like have a very cordial English change. That's like my favorite. Yeah. Didn't he like try a case for them or something like, yeah. They, yeah. It was like, they, like, they knew each that. other in a very like professional yeah. sense and had to be like, Oh, that's great. Like, how have you been? Mm-hmm. Um, that was like a very, uh, it was a great payoff that, that scene. I oh think. my God. For sure. It was so good. Yeah. That, that is definitely up there for me. I also just, I really enjoyed in a similar scene, but the, the physical humor of, uh, him and Jamie Lee Curtis at his house, like up in his oh, like study. And then, you know, he comes in like champagne and his wife's like, why? <laughs> he just like <laughs> freaks out. I was like, oh, uh, <laughs> like him, just like that whole scene and Kevin Klein behind the door, and then her behind the door and then him just being like, I'm the CIA guy. Like the, the physical and the fact that, that she's the wife is like my father. Went <laughs> yeah. <for> the CIA. 
I oh, know this so is a protocol. Good. I was like, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's pretty enjoyable. Yeah. It's like, yeah. What do you call like a double bluff or something like that? Like, oh, we're telling everyone about it. So they don't <laughs> think about like, I don't know that, that to me was the sign of this, like, just like evergreen humor, you know, it's like yeah. people could always enjoy the physical humor of like that person's behind the door, behind the couch, whatever they've got to get out, like all that kind of stuff. Like it's, that was, that was such a great scene. I thought that was directed really well. Well, I think that's like what the movie did so well. Like all its farce stuff Mm -hmm. was its most successful moments of the movie. And like, again, that's why I'm like saying, like, I kept thinking, I'm like, this is like Frasier. This is super (laughs) Frasier-y, you know? Yeah. Like the side plot of Niles having to kill a dog or something like that, you know, like (laughs) you definitely see that happening. It's like, oh, I couldn't kill her. I just, I got her dog like stomped, you know, whatever by that. So how do you guys feel about the dog? (laughs) It's tough. tough. They actually, I I read in the, uh, the uh, trivia on IMDb that they originally had made it look way more realistic and they went to a butcher shop and got like entrails from the butcher. Oh yeah. But they didn't do that. Test audiences did not like that. So they went with the more fake looking straw dogs after they'd been squished. But yeah, uh, I think it was, the most enjoyable dead dog scene I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> Not to say I enjoyed it, but at least it didn't make me cry. <laughs> and I just loved his, like his feeling of accomplishment and like, you owe me a pound. It's like she had a heart attack. It's like, <laughs> but you didn't actually kill her. <laughs> like she just died of like of the heart attack of heartbreak. Well, you know, he did torture her and he kill did. her dogs. <laughs> sure. <laughs> just picked him off one at a time. <laughs> yeah, he's like a hitman for those dogs. <laughs> Take everything you love very slowly. He's like taken, but just for dogs instead of daughters. Just- but that was a fun plot C plot. Like yes. you're like, oh, we got Michael Palin over there. Yeah. Trying but- to kill this lady, but he <laughs> can't bring himself to do it. Honestly, <laughs> like just like Kevin Klein when I when we first meet him, and he's like making fun of the stutter. Like I felt the same way about the dog uh, yeah. subplot where it's like, I wasn't into it at the very beginning, but as it went on, it's like, okay, this is, yeah, I'm, I like, this is actually kind of funny, you know, but at the very beginning is like, man, is he really just going to fuck with this guy the whole time? Cause he's a stutter. Like that's going to get old. But I mean, some of the funniest yeah. lines came out of that and same with that dog subplot. Like you just bought into how absurd it was. I'm like, this is kind of funny actually. So I'm sure you guys read this, but Michael Palin, um, felt so conflicted about portraying a character with a stutter um, that he like, I guess later gave his life and like um, a bunch of money to like, a, I don't he know. Started it, a foundation, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like for like kids with stutters. Or yeah. yeah. He started the London center for stammering children after he got confronted. But I mean, it's like was the it, first. It wasn't his dad or something? Did yeah, I was gonna say the first trivia thing is that his dad had a stutter because I that was my first thought too. Is like, man, this is like, you know, I, we live in a very PC time, and the, you know, the representation, all that. And I think that's awesome. I was like thinking about this back then, like if that was an issue or not. So it was kind of interesting to see that like he had actually been raised around someone with a stutter and had got confronted and turned it into a good thing. You know, it's like he helped found a, a foundation that focus on this kind of stuff. So, I mean, like, I feel like, you know, a good ending to the, to that situation, but yeah, yeah. it was like, it was rough for sure. Well, at the, the, beginning. the one thing that I was, that I kind of wish the movie had done, it was, I wish there was a reason 
that his stutter could be like helpful. Like, mm. I wish there was like a reason that his stutter like saved the day. Yeah. And, like, it, you know, like the movie didn't give you like certain things that you're like, oh, that yeah. been nice. although like a part of me was like, why is Michael Palin good at what he does? Like, because like at some point they're around the table and like obviously like Otto, Kevin Klein is like, what the fuck is this guy even good at his job? Mm-hmm. And like Jamie Curtis is like, no, he's good. But I'm like, is he good? Because like he <laughs> couldn't kill that one old lady. He had to like kill the three dogs. And then she thankfully had a heart attack. Well, not, I don't know. Thankfully might mm-hmm. be the wrong way. But like, I was like, what is he the son of George? <laughs> I is kept that, thinking. Yeah. That we discovered. I, yeah, I don't know. But there was one moment where I can't remember uh, Otto says something to him. And then as he as Otto walks away, uh, he mutters under his breath, like, good. Like, I don't he like mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I, for a second, I thought he was like faking the stutter. And it was going to oh. come out that he really was like, you know, more intellectually adequate or whatever, you know. But yeah, it, it is kind of I almost wonder if it's just a. Uh, he's just been around for so long and he, he just, he won't betray them sort of a thing. Or maybe like, maybe it's some weird fucked up meta joke that (laughs) he he can't speak. So he literally can't speak to the cops. You know what I mean? Like, like Like, I don't know, but when they said um, that and they vouched for him, it reminded me kind of of the baby driver thing where they're like asking Kevin Spacey's character, like, is he good? He's like, well, was he slow? Like he's the best, whatever. Yeah. And we, but we see that he's really good. But your point Anna, is like great, where it's just like we don't actually see him being good, at right. like anything. Like it's honestly like maybe my second favorite scene of the whole movie is that super super slow steamroller at the very end. You know, it's like <laughs> like this is this is great physical comedy. It's like Which, the slowest steamroller ever is coming to take over. So I thought that was super funny. Um, but I think your idea of it being used as a plot device would have been super helpful because the only time it really seems to take effect is when it's for someone that we are rooting for with john cleese where he's like tell me where it is but like if that had been used against like kevin klein then they would be like oh, okay that's that's funny like because it's driving kevin klein crazy because he wants to find out or whatever but we ended up doing it with john cleese and you're just like just tell him you know like this is he's as much of a good guy as like an adulterer can be you know? yeah. it's like we, we kind of want him to end up with jamie lee curtis so I think it's right. a really good point. Yeah, it could have been used, I think, on a better character. So I'm going to, you know, me and Junk these are tight like that. So yeah. I'll let him know. Yeah, let him know. I'd appreciate that. For the, the rewrites. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's let's punch this up a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's probably some things, if it were to be rewritten, that might go away, which I guess, you know, one of my favorite moments of the movie is probably one that would go away. Uh, which is sort of a bummer because I think it was my favorite line in the movie. A uh, little bit of mild homophobia, but when he's hitting on Otto or when mm. Otto's uh, hitting on Ken and uh, he tells him that he's, you're a very attractive man, Ken. You're very smart. You've got wonderful bones and you dress very interestingly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was such like, that was the, it was that specific line that I was like, okay, I'm in on Kevin Klein. That was mm. fucking incredible. Like the delivery it was obviously well-written, but the way he, delivered it was just so good but you know something like that probably would 
go away now. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. Like I, you know, I think that maybe Kevin Klein having to be as like honey might go away, but I don't think using the idea to like, be like, I don't know, just kiss him. Yeah. Um, to like throw him off. I don't see why that tactic needs to go away. Um, You're right. The the honeypot aspect of it probably would go away, but yeah, maybe it would be like a little more, uh, thoughtful in the way that they're trying to represent somebody, but like, I, you know, um, I don't know. Like, uh, the one, the one thing is probably there's like a point where Kevin Klein is, um, getting savvy to the fact that Jamie Lee Curtis is going to meet John Cleese and like finds out that he's going behind her back Mm -hmm. and he's having like this, uh, monologue to like seem super gay. Um, but he's like a super self-hating gay. Mm -hmm. He's kind of like, these guys and like using all these derogative terms as right. a self-hating gay, maybe that would go away, but yes. um, probably for the, I don't know, yeah. but also like Kevin Klein, I don't know. He could be gay. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Otto could be gay. Otto could be bi. Why not everyone? Fuck it. <laughs> um, I did want to uh, shout out the other favorite scene I had uh, when Otto's holding Archie out the window. Mm. Oh yeah, that was gives him that very eloquent and very (laughs) barrister-like apology. (laughs) Yeah. All right, all right. I apologize. Really sorry. I'm really, really sorry. I apologize unreservedly. You take it back. I do. I offer a complete and utter retraction. The imputation was totally without basis in fact, and was in no way fair comment, and was motivated purely by malice. And I deeply regret any distress that my comments may have caused you or your family. And I hereby undertake not to repeat any such slander at any time in the future. Okay. Like Kevin really? Klein doesn't know how to respond. It's like yeah. there's there's no rebuttal to like that's very well thought out. Like, okay, yeah. great, thank you. <laughs> like there's like Pretty cool he covered stuff. every I, aspect of it. I think that's what I one thing I like about uh, John Cleese as a writer is he can be so silly yet so you know eloquent and uh heady at the same time mm-hmm. it's a it's a pretty cool balance that that he can he can uh strike yeah <laughs> i dude. don't know yeah i obviously don't have it but john cleese does so thankful for that well um, here's a oh sorry go on no, go ahead go ahead go ahead i was gonna say like i don't care about monty python um yeah that, and that's fair no, I don't know. I just don't. I never really watched it. I never really grew up with it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this movie was interesting because it was English and then like not English at the same time. So it was like the Americans and the English and like. Yeah, you could tell they were definitely going for an American movie. And I mean, he even admits as such. He, he you know, they talk about it was his first success in like an American movie, but even with like the soundtrack, like at the very beginning, you hear that like synthy eighties music reminds you of like, you know, Beverly Hills cop or whatever. Mm -hmm. You hear a lot of that stuff. And like just the, the style of it, it definitely looked like an American film made in London as opposed to like a London, like a European film made a London film. Yes. A London (laughs) production. Um, so I was having a conversation with my neighbor yesterday. Uh, we actually watched Animal Kingdom, Ben. 
oh, um, nice. on his big screen. But um, yeah, he's got like the projector that pulls down stuff. It's really cool. Um, and he got to, we got to talking about the podcast, and I mentioned a fish called Wanda. And he's a bit older than me, and he he mentioned that he remembers when this movie came out. It was sort of like a big deal, at, at least in the sense that it got a lot of you know people talked about it a lot, and mm-hmm. uh, it was it seemed interesting to me that it could be a big deal in its time, at least in the sense that there was a lot of conversation around it. But then it didn't necessarily uh, you know stand the test of time. Uh, there's other movies that came out around the same time, like Die Hard specifically came out the same month as a fish called Wanda and uh, you know, splash. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Like even, even, (laughs) even, yeah, exactly. That's a good, that's a a good example. There's, there's, there's other movies that have, you know, stood the test of time, so to speak. And I just kind of started to wonder like what movies from today are going to have that same uh, many. Yeah. And so, (laughs) so uh, what's the first one that you could think of, Anna? uh maybe meet the parents i i can't Definitely. really rem- remember much from it but i feel like meet the parents like i'm like i don't think you'll survive <laughs> um, it's a good point. it was one of the ones you know ben stiller and and uh, uh de niro like it was a big deal when it came out it was all over the place but yeah you're yeah right. there, uh, there's probably like a lot of like i think like in the 90s like or like the early 2000s like all these kind of uh or pretty much a lot of things with Adam Sandler. I don't know. Like I'd rather gouge my eyes out, but like <laughs> um, New Hampshire represent Adam, me and you. Um, no, but uh, I, I don't know. Like I, I think there's a lot of like, um, uh, like painful college humor mm. stuff that you're like, what? Um, uh, even what's the, Bandcamp one, what's that? Oh, American Pie. Yeah, probably American Pie is probably pretty painful to sit through now. Yeah, um, it is. Spoiler. And <laughs> as much as I love Wedding Crashers, that's another one you're like, oh no, what yeah. are you doing mm-hmm. there? Um, so I, yeah, I guess I would say anything. Maybe Vince Vaughn gravitated to in like early two thousands <laughs> might not. Um, For some reason, I feel like Swingers might because it was so such a cult classic, such a cult hit. That like might still be okay. That one might, that one might, you know, make it through, but I just don't think she liked me. In that way. Baby, you are so money and you don't even know it. Yeah. I, I had the same thoughts on, you know, I wrote down wedding crashers and old school and an American pie. Like I see them on cable. All the, I'm like one of the last people in the world that has a cable subscription. I feel like. And uh, so I see him on like TBS and TNT. Oh, something about Mary. Something about Mary. Yeah, oh, something yeah. about Mary. That's a great one. Yeah. Like these, these are movies that were like, you couldn't get away from them when they came out, but you know, and then now they have a life on cable, but as you know, cable becomes less and less ubiquitous. Uh, and you know, these movies are problematic at, at times to <laughs> say the least. So I just wonder, yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't, I have to agree. I can't see these like sex crazed comedies uh, lasting for too much longer. Right. It's like kind of that, um, I don't know, like um, where, where are all those ones, like the raunchy, um, like uh, animal farm, not animal farm. That's not what I want. Animal house. Um, animal house. Thank animal you. House, yeah. <laughs> See, but like, the, like it's a movie like that though. Like that one, 
I feel like at least everyone will have heard of. I can't imagine 15 years from now, people having the same reverence for like wedding crashers that people do for animal house. People, I think people recognize that animal house is problematic and deserves to like stay in its time. And we can appreciate it for what it was in that moment. But like, no one's going to have that same reverence for old school, maybe old school people like that when it's quotable, but like wedding crashers. Yeah. American pie. Like, I, don't yeah, I think the old ones, it's like, uh, like Porky's and Revenge of the Nerds and stuff. Like, yeah, they get a pass. Probably like. better forgotten, you know. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> he was just like, they get a pass. You pretty probably <laughs> forgotten. <laughs> I just like those, just, and I mean, like, I guess, yeah. I guess what I'm thinking of is like, not no so much as like how they hold up today, but they're ones that you have heard of. Like, you yeah. can't, you can't go, you can't. I mean, I guess suppose you can, but it's unlikely that you would not have heard of animal house or porkies or revenge. Yeah, nerds, that know? makes sense. I think just really quick side tangent, you brought up something about Mary and talk about like memorable movie going experiences. I sat next to my grandma when we watched <laughs> that movie in the theater. Oh, Cause I was like yeah. visiting her for that week in California. And it was like a two movie movie theater and she had nothing else to do. She's like, Oh, I'll come see the movie with you. Cause she used to just drop me off. That that will just forever be seared in my head for so many reasons. Like that's a horrible movie to watch with your grandmother. Is that is that a hair gel? Yeah. Great. You, I can use. No, no, no! Some. Don't, don't, you don't have to. You don't. You don't. <laughs> I just ran out. Huh. <laughs> Um, I ever find a way to travel through time, like like <laughs> in a Christmas story or something, like when I'm going back through my life, oh my God. I'm going to find a way to sit next to you. <laughs> so <it>. weird. Um, <laughs> um, I, I just put in the notes that just like these kind of movies, I think like the ones that get forgotten tend to be easily contribute. Like they're like the comedies and the horrors I feel because those don't have like the memorable scenes, like, you know, Adios, or I mean, I can't think of the whatever from Die Hard. Why can't I think of the phrase? I don't know. Yippee ki yay, motherfucker. Yippee ki adios, motherfucker. I'm like, that's not it, but yeah, yeah something, motherfucker. <laughs> whatever it is. There's adios, a motherfucker. motherfucker. In there. That's on the Spanish dub. That's yeah. what he says. Um, <laughs> I, I hope that's true. <laughs> that'd be awesome. <laughs> adios, motherfucker. Uh, but yeah, I, like some of these big set pieces or like the dramas that get the Academy recognition, I feel like horror movies while they have like a fan base, it's just not really recognized necessarily on the mainstream. So honestly, like the first couple I thought of was like Jennifer's body. Um, so because funny. Like, yeah. I, mean, I think that's a great movie. I think Megan Fox is awesome in that. And um, honestly, like, I, I don't know if this is a right answer or not, but like us, I don't think it's talked about a ton because like rightfully so like get out gets a lot of attention when it comes to Jordan Peele. And that makes sense. And we're still really like new to it, but I just wonder when people talk about Jordan Peele in 20 years, how much is that going to get discussed? I don't know. Obviously it's too early to tell, but yeah, um, I think it depends on where he goes from here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Kind of curious how that happens, but you know, and then selfishly, like for my personal interest, like we talked about it earlier, I wasn't planning on bringing it up, but like orange County, like I love that movie, but like, I've never heard anyone really talk about it, you know, but that cast is great. Like it's, great Jack Black um, Empire Records. We talked about Tom Hanks earlier, like his first directorial debut of like that thing you do. Like it's a oh, great love movie. That movie. 
but it just doesn't, I don't know that it ever really comes up. Like even when they're talking about Tom Hanks, it's like, he was like, he directed it, like he was in it, whatever. So I think it's those kind of things that if you, if you were into it, like your neighbor, you know, who like, oh yeah, Fish Kawanda was great. I never hear about it anymore. Like, I feel like that might be me in 20 years. Like, oh, that thing you do is so good. Like I, yeah. no one ever talks about it. So I I just feel like comedies and horror lend themselves to that because they're not taken as like quote unquote seriously as the dramas and the actions and stuff. Sure. Absolutely. And it doesn't like negate from like the work that the actor is putting in. So it is a bummer that they're not as respected. Um, Although I don't to be like, you're a comedian. So like to be funny is so much harder than to do anything else. Right. Like, and, and for the, to, to have it not be something that's like, I mean, everyone wants to laugh. That's why comedies tend to be blockbusters or, mm-hmm. you, you know, like you can't get into the comedy cellar. Like, you you know, like it's everyone wants to go laugh and have a good time. But then it's it's almost like photography. I used to work as a photographer and Ben still works in that field. But it's like everyone thinks they can do it. So they don't respect it. Like everyone thinks they're fucking funny. Right. Oh, but absolutely. So. Yeah, I've been on enough dates with guys that think they're funny, and yeah. it's uh, it's something. They're like, "Have you seen um, Old School?" And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's the school. Pinnacle. Heard of the Hangover." Like, yeah, yes, yes. I've Super heard indie of that. comedy you. with this like fat guy. Um, the guy who directed Joker. Like, oh, cool. Thank oh, you. That's great. No thanks. No thanks. <laughs> what an endorsement. Thank you. The guy who directed oh, Joker. A very God. good litmus test for meeting people. How, they, how do you feel about the movie Joker? <laughs> yeah if it's up here you're like oh no yeah, you just yeah. got brought down so hard i gotta go super busy sorry well uh, i would watch the hangover a million times before i watch the joker and yet joker is the one that gets all the uh all the nominations for the academy awards and it kind of goes into what we've been talking about and you know we mentioned kevin klein won literally won the oscar for best actor in a supporting mm-hmm. role in a comedy which is Pretty incredible. Yeah, uh, that was his like Marissa Tomei moment. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's you know it's just not something that happens a lot. Comedies typically get snubbed at the Academy Awards. So uh, I was wondering if there's any other comedic roles that uh, maybe did win an Oscar that you wanted to talk about, or uh, like you know you just mentioned by Cousin Vinny, uh, uh, or maybe some that you think should have won an Oscar. And uh, you know, feel free to so hear like any other grievances with the Academy. Oh, many people so like yeah uh goldie hahn never won an oscar mm-hmm. she should have got it for private benjamin mm-hmm. adorable movie if you've never seen it um uh i think steve martin never won an oscar uh gene oh, wow. wilder um like gene wilder just to stress that <laughs> yeah. again yeah. i don't think so that one an more oscar. time <laughs> um yeah gene wilder not to railroad you here that one is specifically shocking because of how important like willy wonka has become but that was a sleeper that was like mm-hmm. a total sleeper it didn't right. do i think it didn't do well at all it's like one of those like wizard like of Oz, like did badly yeah. yeah um who else um annette betting uh american beauty mm-hmm. um and she's uh, great that. being julia like she's always been like a dramatic slash comedic actress um no oscar um she was always beaten out but goddamn hillary swank goddamn um, hillary swank <laughs> um 
Yeah, the, I feel like it, it it is kind of fascinating when you're like, oh, that's weird that they don't have one. And then they and then later towards the end of their life, they get like the but you got the life achievement award because <laughs> yeah, exactly. everybody loves you and we didn't honor you. Yeah, we just didn't care at the time. But in retrospect, now in hindsight, we realize, oh, you were really good. That was great. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, they're like, Dick Van Dyke, thank you. You know, <laughs> seriously. Um, oh my job. God. Thank you for still being alive and thank you. Um, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I I don't know. I mean, like, so many also just great sitcom actors. Like, uh, mm. that's like it. But I'm sure maybe they got Grammys huh? or Emmys. Which one? Emmy? Emmys. Emmy, so, yeah. There you go. <laughs> and it's always I mean, been so weird to me how for the longest time you couldn't go from TVs to movies or movies to TV. Like you had to be either or. And I, I really love how that's uh, all blending together. And now it's almost seems more prestigious to be on a, on a good TV show. Like, you yeah. know, look what happened to Brian Cranston with breaking bad or even recently Marvel's diving into more long form mm-hmm. series and people like Owen Wilson are jumping into it. So I don't know. I, it's and it's just Kate Winslet coming to HBO. I was gonna say Kate Winslet. Oh my god! She's I just great. finished it, and it's. I wish I there was finished more. it. Yeah. Okay, we'll stop. We'll stop talking. She's no, great. No, no, you're not talking. No, I, mean, smart. I can't yeah. spoil that for you. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned sitcom actors, and I know we don't talk about TV here, but that's one thing that will always like. Not to sound too basic here, but the fact that like Steve Carell always lost to the guy who played Sheldon on Big Bang Theory for uh, best like lead actor. It's like how annoying on, is man. that. Like, that guy carried the office for seven years and you just kept giving it to Sheldon. <laughs> yeah. like, what's uh, happening? Oh, it's yeah. just a show that literally changed the landscape of television for it's insane. ever going forward. Yeah, but no Big Bang deal. will like really yeah. <laughs> that'll stick with that, us. That will not people at all like love that show. I don't get I it. I don't know. What is his name? The guy uh Lori, uh the guy that's oh, Chuck the Lori. show. Chuck Lori. Chuck Lori. Yeah. Not a not a fan. Yeah, no, pass. yeah. Not at all. Um to kind of not answer your question while answering it, as I like to do with your stuff. Um, I, the one that sticks out to me the most honestly is from one of those recent Academy Awards. And I already mentioned the movie, but like Lupita Nyong'o not getting it on for us, like playing two roles, like so care, like just so different. She was amazing. But in that same year, kind of going to the comedy thing a little bit was Sandler not getting a nomination for uncut gems. Cause yeah. he was great. I know it's not like a traditional Sandler comedy, um, which is, but that's you know, like the only time he's good, you know, yeah, exactly. it's, it's like kind of like, I know you're wearing a Jim, well, Jim Curry shirt, but uh, yeah. I only <laughs> like Jim Carrey when he's like sad Jim Carrey. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The only Jim Carrey I can get behind. Why don't you let me fix you some of this new Mococo drink? All natural cocoa beans from the upper slopes of Mount Nicaragua. No artificial sweeteners. What the hell are you talking about? Who are you talking to? And yeah, and I, I think that's great, though. Like, I think that's that's awesome. And it's just a bummer then when they don't get recognized for that, you know, like when they like kind of divert from what they're known for. But to go to the comedy stuff, like... The second movie got some recognition, but I think that first Borat movie, like, I don't know how people feel about it, but to stay in that character for that kind of a movie and not get really any recognition, like he, he won the Golden Globe, which is great. But I'm like, man, that's that that seems super difficult to do. He's always great with all of his characters. And then honestly, I feel like uh, Rachel McAdams should have got some nomination for Mean Girls because sure. she was that movie is 
awesome and a lot of it is due to her so i think yeah. she could have at least gotten some but again that's a comedy role or it's just like oh it's just a fun tina fey oh, movie whatever oh, wait, 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 we don't need wait. to do anything my my one is uh reese witherspoon for literally everything but for oh. her in a but for her an election an election god she's oh, so god. good in that she's have great I seen yeah. election i don't if i've seen you that. should watch it you should watch it it's that's um a great movie it's really enjoyable. I just watched it again recently because um, my boyfriend hadn't seen it. I was like, I remember this being good, but I didn't really remember it the same way. I don't really remember uh, uh, Wanda the same way. So I was mm. like, oh, let's watch it. And Matthew Broadwick is in it and he's, oh, he's, he's doing the most. He's so good at it. He's spectacular. I think so I have seen this, like, but I don't really remember it. When they share the screen together, like it's, it, yeah, they're fantastic. Oh, Alexander Payne wrote it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, and directed it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, I don't really have anything else to add to the, who should have been nominated or who would have won. I don't have that type of recall. I know I came up with the question, but <laughs> Do you think it's just from the fact the reason it doesn't get recognized comedy specifically is because when it's done well, it looks effortless. You know what I mean? Like that's the only reason I can think of is, you know, like look at Kevin Klein or even John Cleese or even Jamie Lou Curtis, who is sort of over the top, but it just looks, it just looks like they're just being themselves, you know, Mm -hmm. that, that must be it because it's just, you know, when someone's trying a little too hard, you can always tell and it, mm-hmm. it sort of ruins things. I don't know. I don't, I'm sure you've been to plenty of open mics, Anna, or seen plenty of people try to come up in the New York comedy scene. And, and it just, you have to have it, you know, and I don't know. Yeah, maybe it is. But I just think that, you know, I remember doing theater when I was like in high school and we did this thing um, where all the little like theaters would compete. Mm. Um, like all the, like all the uh, high schools would do this thing where they would have to like go together and like watch everybody's 30 minute show. Mm. And no matter what, like the saddest fucking play (laughs) would win. And I remember there was one year where they fucking did a school shooting play. And I was like, I was like, this fucking sucks. (laughs) Like they're going to, and it was, and it was awful. It was terrible. Like at some point they like, made everything black and then a bunch of gunshots just happened. And then like, you know, like a 16 year old kid came out and was like, Billy, Billy, where are you? Billy. And you're like, Mm. Oh God. And, and then (laughs) because like (laughs) the second stage to this weird festival theater thing we would do, it was like, there were States and there was new England's and you're like, these fuckers are going to new England with that. (laughs) with that special special <laughs> thing that just did right fuckers. there yeah i wonder if it's just like it feels weird to not let the sad stuff win to not acknowledge the sad stuff because you're just yeah. like oh it was so sad it must have been so difficult to reach those depths in those places and mm-hmm. you know like it, it's almost it's like you you vote for it out of guilt which is i don't know unfortunate and cheap i'm sorry that happened to you anna i wish you would have won it was, it was, I mean, we did a play called Helpless Doorknobs. I don't know if it, I love it. After it you go sit next to it. me during uh, something about Mary, then just yep. go over to her competition and get in the judge's ears. Yeah. All like, of, listen, you guys don't vote. And for you're that. like, this is preying on an event that happened not that long ago. <laughs> Columbine <laughs> no. is very real. Like, stop preying on us. our emotions. Yeah. It was like really one of those where you're like, 
Is this like allowed? Like they they, they <laughs> gave them the this? win because they were afraid what they would retaliate. They would do. They lost. Yeah. Yeah. That's unfortunate. I don't like that. <laughs> um. Well, shit, guys. I think we've I've covered everything I wanted to talk about. Did either of you have anything else you wanted to talk about before we wrap up here? Um. The woman that was the old lady whose dog died, mm-hmm. her she is cousins to Angela Lansbury. Oh, I like that. That's Who, it. I'm trying to remember. Is that Patricia Hayes? Is that her? I don't. I don't know if that's her. I don't know the old lady. I don't know, but she, I guess, is somehow related to Angela Lansbury. Okay, and I, I love it. And I guess all of her takes, they were just mostly one time. Nice. I like that. They were like, killed it, Angela Lansbury's cousin. <laughs> Good job. Tell Angela it's we said hi. <laughs> yeah. uh, one thing I, like I forgot that. to mention that I just remembered. Um, apparently, this movie was so funny that it literally killed someone oh, yeah. in a theater in Denmark. Uh, this Danish <laughs> That man, would happen in Denmark. It would. Um, but it was the scene where he puts the French fries in Ken's nose. Otto puts the French fries in his nose to, to torture him. <gasps> Uh, that, part, that was a crazy ass scene though. that was like <laughs> yeah. i was like when i was watching that i was like is this supposed to be funny this is fucking terrifying like because <laughs> yeah, you could tell intense. like he was literally choking on the ketchup going in his, mm-hmm. in his ke- anyways but apparently this guy uh had had a moment in his life where they were he was at some family dinner and they all put cauliflower in their nose and tried to have a competition who could eat the most carrots with cauliflower in their nose and so seeing this scene triggered that memory and he laughed so hard that he had a fucking heart attack and died. So that's pretty incredible. Wow. Fish, good job, John Cleese, you murdering. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. It's pretty, um, pretty cool. Well, not the cool. Only thing I, I, <laughs> pretty I cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Though. Pretty cool. Yeah. Just put like a, a so funny on there. You won't be laughing anymore. <laughs> this might be the last movie you watch. <laughs> um I know we're not doing a rush more, but I feel like this could end up in the Monty Python alumni rush more of like not Monty Python movies, but you know, people that are adjacent to it because yeah. obviously Terry Gilliams and a lot of stuff between Twelve Monkeys and Fear and Loathing and Brazil, so many things and um, when I forget who it was, Terry Jones, I think it was like the screenwriter for Labyrinth. And mm. um, I don't know, they got a lot of movies between them, but I feel like this would have to end up on that rush more. I think this is probably one of the four best things that any of them have done. So I think it's thanks to your grandpa. Now we now we know that this is a fun watch. OK, wait, wait, wait. I have a question. Yeah. If you enjoyed this movie, what other movies might you enjoy? Oh, I'm not good at these types of questions. Ben will have to take the weight on this one. I have the worst recall for this kind of stuff. It's kind of actually why we wanted to do this podcast and like put stuff on record and make me like write about it on Letterboxd so I could actually remember stuff. <laughs> you should you should talk to a neurologist. I'm a little worried about you, Tyler. <laughs> He's like, that's why I'm doing this. <laughs> I don't remember anything at all. Yeah. This is gonna help. Get checked out, Tyler. All right. Yeah, I'll put it on my list. I've got a big list of, of problems. So all right, Ben, you got anything? You got I'm any worried uh, about you. references? Uh I mean, honestly, like not nah, off the top of my head, it's hard. Like I having just talked about Mining Python, I keep referencing that because I see some of the humor in this stuff. 
but it's also just felt like a heist within a heist, you know? So some of those kind of like comedic either heist movies or mob movies or something like that. Like, I I wonder if it'd be an interesting pairing with like get shorty or something along Mm. those lines where it's like, it's a funny, a funny movie in a traditionally not funny genre. I think it might be kind of interesting. All right. Well, I I have two. I'm perfect. I'm cured guys. I thought of something. My you brain, my brain something? worked. I thought of something. Oh, I'm so glad. Uh, oh, you and me both. It was getting scary there for a minute. Uh, what about the Pink Panther? I could yes, see that yes, well. yeah. yes. Yeah. That's one of them. The Pink Panther. And then I got Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Okay. One oh my of my God. favorite movies in the world. I love it. And then I know that we're not as, we're not supposed to talk about Woody Allen, but Small Time Crooks. Okay. If oh, you've not that. seen that movie, Tracy Ullman, Hugh Grant, uh, Pretty, it's about an art heist. Pretty enjoyable. Nice. I'm pretentious. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like Those it. Those are solid. Yeah. We don't I get think. enough pretense on our pod. <laughs> Man, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I'm going to watch that again. I love so, that. Oh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, the best. Well, shit, you guys. <laughs> I think that's probably going to have to do it. You know? We did it. We did it. We solved all the problems. <laughs> no. Uh, but in all seriousness, Anna, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, yeah. Thanks for having me. I had a blast. I hope you did as it was well. Fun. Um, do you want to take another moment to uh, promote yourself, uh, your podcast? You know, any, yeah. any, really take, take your time. Do your yeah, thing. absolutely. Everybody follow professional friends. Like if you're tired of your friends and they're annoying, like you're us being annoying to each other. Um, <laughs> you know, like we'll rag on each other. So you don't have to feel anxious about, getting back out there after COVID and trying to make it happen with your friends. Just listen to us, you know, we'll, we'll be a good, uh, uh, easing of social, (laughs) of the social climate. You're going to have to jump back into. I don't know. Really? Have either of you struggled with small talk going back into the real world? Oh, it's a nightmare. (laughs) It's like, Oh, we used to do this. Like, (laughs) I don't know. Maybe not New York. I don't know. I live in Portland. It's the slowest place on earth. So there's a lot of small talk here, but I listened to your guys as a, I think it was the clubbing episode um, where one of your hosts did a show and the other one showed up and it was, was too late for the set, like to catch the set and just the shit you guys give him because like um, he had another show. And so the friend just asked him to give him a ride to that, but didn't stay for the show, even though he missed the first one. He's like, wait, so you were there and you could have seen it and you didn't. He's like, I commit to one show. It's not my fault that, I, that he lied to me about the time. Just like, it, just, it just feels like good. Like listening to it. It's like, oh, I feel like you're there just like involved in it all. It's just, it's fun to hear people but also give each other fair, shit, like, you know? No one wants to sit through anybody's set. Anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you should, but, like, after a certain point, you're like, didn't I pay my dues? I saw one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can say I, I knew you before you were famous. It's fine. Like, yeah. yeah, and, of course, I'm like, why aren't my friends coming in my Shakespeare summer stock in Connecticut? And they're like, <laughs> I, I saw that other one in the park yeah, near the freeway. The show, right? Right? Like, off. come on. Christ, it's expensive here. <laughs> Oh, I just love the shit you guys gave him. Like you were there and you didn't stay. <laughs> it's so good. But I'm saying, like, do it so that way you can feel better about your friendships. Like exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, speaking of friendships, uh, you watching, you listening, you're our friend. We love to have you here. We appreciate you. Uh, and uh, tell your friends while we're at it. It's a we want a big friendship circle here. Uh, we Absolutely. Love, we love watching these movies. We love talking about them. And uh, 
We love to get the interaction on Instagram and all that. So yeah, find us on Spotify, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, all those places. Uh, check out our Patreon and uh, keep your eyes peeled for the next installment of Three Films in a Podcast. See everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to Professional Films and a Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. You're a very attractive man, Ken.